All right. Uh, all our kindergarten through fifth grade, this is the time we come to the, to the front and, and get ready to go down with our uh, leader. If you're a visitor today, uh, this is a time when our kids go down for their lesson uh, while I'm preaching, and they can be picked up directly afterwards. If you'd like to go with your child, that's fine. Uh, any, anyway, so directly after service, you'll be able to, to pick them up. So um, let's see. Kindergarten through fifth grade. Have fun today, kids. Learn good stuff, right? You, especially you? Okay, good. <laughs> All right, very good, very good. All right, direct, uh, like I said, directly after service, uh, you'll be able to, to go and, and, and follow either the parents or we, we'll give you directions back at the Welcome Center and, and show you where uh, you'll be able to pick up your kids afterwards. If you were with us last week, you know we started a new series, uh, began uh, the series called Cross My Heart. And uh, the focus of the series is upon promises. You know the, the, the phrase that you might have said years ago when you wanted someone to believe you or trust you when you're making a promise or making some kind of a statement, it was cross my heart, hope to die. The promises that we're focused upon is not my promises, it's the promises that God uh, gave uh, in the Old Testament. There's some significant promises that really, in, in a way, if you, if you read through the Old Testament, you could follow history according to the promises that God laid out. Last week, we dealt with the promise that was uh, given to us after the great flood. It was in that time of Noah. And that promise was, I'm not going to do this again. I'm not going to wipe out all of humanity because of their sinfulness uh, through flood. And, and so we could say amen to that. Okay, yeah, okay, close. Some, someone's really thankful. Anyway, so, so no wiping out of humanity ever again. And, and what's unique about that? I'll bring it up. I brought it up last week, but I think I want us to remember uh, this, this idea that, okay, in that flood, God made a way for humanity to continue, all wildlife, animals, and birds both to continue through the ark. But something else was preserved through the ark, and that was the sinfulness of humanity. When, when the flood took place, it did not wipe out sinfulness. We're well aware of that, right? Today, we think about that. even happened in, in Noah's life. And so as the world began to fill again, so did the sinfulness of humanity. So before I introduce the next uh, uh, covenant that, that is being made, the question is, how then is God going to deal with humanity's sinfulness? Holy God and the ugliness of sinfulness. They can't coexist. So how is it that God deals with sinfulness? And, and I, I believe in the covenant that we're looking at today, the covenant that God made to Abraham. The covenant that God made to Abraham is the one we're looking at today. If you want to open your scriptures, it's Genesis chapter 12. And, and this is the beginning of the covenant. It's interesting because Abraham's story just begins with covenant. That, that what we're introduced, here's, here's the covenant, Abraham, follow me. And so that's what we're about to read. Now, the story of Abraham actually goes from chapter 12 all the way through chapter 24. And then we could pick up pieces of it all throughout the, the New Testament. And I believe it's because of the covenant that, that God made with Abraham that it's brought up again, uh, the story of Abraham. Abraham's life 
uh, in Romans, Abraham's life in, in Hebrews, uh, and it's significant. This promise is significant because it affects us today. We're going to see that and, and understand that. Let me read for, the, uh, for you the passage we're looking at today. Again, this is the covenant that God established with Abraham. Who, who, at the beginning, we're going to hear the word Abram because until later, uh, he's not known till Abraham till till later in his life. So Abram, now the Lord said to Abram, "Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing." I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. It really is a simple promise, and if I put it in one phrase, God said, I'm going to make you, Abraham, Abram, into a great nation. Now, over the years that follows, uh, beginning here in chapter 12, that, that covenant is explained, expanded, and, and better understood because God keeps pretty much in, in constant uh, or, or in, in contact with him over the years that's yet to come. The, the age that Abraham is right now, when he's called, he is 75 years old. They, they definitely lived a little bit longer in those days, but Abraham, Abraham was 75 years old. And, and uh, it's interesting to think about last week when we looked at Noah, God had a specific reason for calling Noah. Remember, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And the next verse said, because he was a righteous man. And, and he also walked after God. He, he walked after God. Abram, there's no comment like that. It just, it, it really abruptly starts with God called Abram. Said, come out of your family and go to the land I'm going to show you. That's the introduction to Abram. So, so what is it about Abram? Matter of fact, it's interesting to look in Joshua. I think it's chapter uh, uh, Joshua. Later on, as it's, the history is being repeated in the Scriptures, Joshua chapter 24, verse 2, basically says that, that uh, Terah, Abram's father, he and his sons Nahor and Abram, Abraham served other gods. And this is the man that God has chosen to lay this covenant upon. So I, I think it's important to know that. He called him out of an idolatrous, meaning he served other gods, family to come and follow. And I'm, going to promise, I'm going to promise to make you into a great nation. So that's the beginnings. Now, 12 through 24, there's no way I could cover every detail in all those chapters. But we especially want to take a closer look at Abraham. Uh, through those chapters. And so, if you bear with me, I, I, I want to show, because I think it's interesting now to watch this guy who's called out of an idolatrous family to begin to follow him. I'm going to make a great nation out of you and see what, uh, how, how Abram especially responds. Uh, he really responds from the get-go with faith because he listens to God and he follows. He, he, he leaves his father's household, his kindred, and he, he takes his wife, and, and I think there's some servants and, and probably some animals with him, and, and goes to the land that God shows him, and it's Canaan. In Canaan, uh, they look around, and, and God tells him to look around and say, man, this, this is all going to be your land someday. 
He's, it's not your land. It's, it's going to be. It's, it's, we know it is the promised land. He looks around Canaan, and all this territory is, is going to be belong to your nation. Partly starting to understand more and more about what that means. So he has this beginning of faith, and he begins to dwell in this land that's promised to him. And, and sometime later, there's a famine that hits that land. And, and there's no response that, oh, God says go to Egypt, or there's no prayer, God, what do I do? Uh, it, this passage actually just says that, hey, Abram goes to Egypt uh, because that's where sustenance is. That's where I'll be able to, to continue to survive because there's plenty there. And so he goes to Egypt, and, and you know, there's a question mark, well, uh, does, is he trusting God through this or is he kind of making his own way? In some ways, you just think, well, he's kind of doing what he needs to do. And it doesn't seem like it's God's direction that he goes there. And so we question whether there was kind of a faithless act of Abram moving. What really is a faithless act is when he gets to Egypt. Fun story. You know, he gets to Egypt and he tells Sarai, his wife, he says, Sarai, listen, uh, we're going into this, this foreign place, and you are a beautiful woman. It's nice that he complimented her. He said, you know, he's, he's a, she's a very beautiful woman, and, and they're going to want you. And, and if I tell you that, if I tell them, if we tell them that, that I'm married to you, they'll want to kill me so they could have you. So here's what we'll do, sir. I, I'll say that you're my sister, and you tell them that, that uh, he's my brother, and, and I'll survive through this. And so exactly that happens. They go into Egypt, and Pharaoh notices her, takes her into his household, and then God has to intervene. You know, God's not involved in this story at all until he intervenes on Abraham's behalf. Uh, Pharaoh uh, get, is plagued, and there's troubles, and then speaks to Pharaoh and says, he is married, this is his wife, uh, this is, and matter of fact, makes it quite known that this is my man. And so, in, in response, Pharaoh gives Sarai back to, to Abram, and, and then along with uh, some recompense, you know, some, some silver, some gold, and some animals, and servants. And so, actually, prosperity for, for Abram through his deceitfulness. And so, he, he goes, you know, in time, the, the, he, he manages to get back to the promised land there, uh, and, and it's interesting, look, between those times, there's a continuous reminder of the, of the promise that God had made. There, God uh, uh, reminds Abram, he says, listen, if you, if you could count the dust of the earth, that's going to be your offspring. Yeah, he hadn't had a son yet, and it's been some time, it's been some years, and, and no son yet, so okay, good, good. And, and again, time, time again continues to move on. He's in his 80s, and, and God comes to him again and says, Hey, listen, I am your shield, and, and I am your blessing. And, and Abram's response to that is, Well, I, you know, that's great, but I don't have an heir. Matter of fact, everything I have is going to go to one of my servants. And, and so God responds to that and says, Hey, listen, listen, if you could count the stars in the sky, that's going to be the, the number of your offspring. You know, he, he just restates that covenant over again. It's going to happen. And, and the scripture actually says that Abram trusted him. He believed God. 
And, and Paul would come along years later and say, hey, that was righteousness to Abraham that he believed God, he trusted God. Well, Sarah, Sarai was a little different matter because about that same time, after, after God had spoken with, with Abram, Sarai's in, in probably in her 70s now. And, and she, in her own mind, is thinking, hey, I'm beyond childbearing. And, and so she takes her maidservant and presents her to Abram and said, here's how we're going to do it. Here's how you're going to have your nation. You lie with my maidservant, Hagar, and, and we'll do a nation that way. And so Abram follows, and they have Ishmael, which, if you look through history, causes a lot of trouble later on. But anyway, Ishmael is born to Abram and to Sarai. And, and they begin, you know, Scripture says he was about 86 years old when Ishmael was born. And so years go on. Matter of fact, it gets to about uh, the time where he is he's close to 100 years old. Ishmael is 13. And, and God, again, takes time with Abraham, if, if you read through this this these passages, and he reestablishes that covenant. It goes a little bit farther this time. He changes his name from Abram to Abraham, which actually means he's going to be a father of nations, and, and uh, changes Sarah's name to Sarai to Sarah, which, and, and, and declares that she's going to be you know, this, this woman who is, is going to, to uh, be the mother of, of kings and nations to come. And so the promise is refit. Along with this, this covenant comes circumcision, which is going to be a sign upon Abraham that, that there, is, there is this covenant between them. Now, you know, earlier it was, hey, move from this place to that place. A whole lot easier than saying go and be circumcised. But, but I think it's important that we look and we know that Abram followed through faithfully with the circumcision. Not only himself, but all the, the, the males who were involved in, in, his, uh, uh, in his belongings. All the servants and all those that worked his, his cattle, his sheep, and, and all that. All, all the males. And Ishmael, too, was circumcised. Shortly after, and, and then God, when he was speaking concerning Sarah, he said, Sarah... Sarah's going to have a, a child. And, and Abraham said, well, no, I, I've got Ishmael. And he said, no, it's going to be through Sarah. And, and the scripture says that, that Abraham laughed. Abraham laughed about that. They're visited shortly after that by a group of guys. You know, maybe the Son of God was a part of that. There's speculation as to who this was. But Abraham identifies him as Lord. And, and he said, uh, by this time next year, uh, you're... Sarah's going to have a baby. Sarah laughs. Guess what uh, the child is? The, in, in a year, the, the child's name is Isaac, which means laughter. And, and so Isaac is born finally. I mean, think about this. Uh, they are dwelling in a land that is promised to them. That's not theirs. Over 25 years, and finally, 25 years, they have an heir, a son. But that's not the end of the story. Isaac is growing up, and God uh, comes and tells Abraham, go, go sacrifice your son. Go sacrifice your son. And so Abraham in no way bucks it or, or, or has any kind of questioning back and forth with, with God. He gathers up what he needs, and he takes Isaac to go be sacrificed. And he puts together the altar. He gets all the way, puts, lays the wood on the altar, binds 
Isaac up, lays him on the altar, and is prepared to bring the knife down to kill his son and begin the sacrifice. And it's there that the Lord stopped the whole process. He said, now I know that you'll give everything. And, and so uh, God provided another sacrifice. Isaac lived on, but, but the faith of Abraham, how, how far it's come in those 25 years. Leave your family, leave your family, uh, be circumcised. I mean, all the things. There's things where Abraham absolutely trusted God. Places where you say, oh man, he failed. Why didn't he trust God in, in Egypt? A- Bottom line, Abraham wasn't perfect in any means or way, you know? We say, why is it that, that God chose Abraham? And this covenant, think about the covenant he called him into. Let's talk about the covenant. You know, when we think about covenants, uh, you know, it's between two parties. Let's see, marriage covenant, and, and, and they're equal. They're equal. Both are bringing something to the table. In businesses, we know that both are going to be an advan- uh, come into some kind of advantage in coming together. What is it that Abram was bringing to the table in this whole situation? Except himself. Except himself and what God was going to produce out of him. See, I, I think out of the whole story, we see God's grace and mercy acting in, in history. Because, listen, remember in that, the, the, the verse that I read that was repeated over and over again, is that, that you're going to become a great nation and all nations. Did you catch that? All nations are going to be blessed through you. Through this nation that I'm going to create. Guess where Jesus came out of? That ne- oh, did God have Jesus in mind at the time he said, hey, I, I'm going to make you, Abram, into a great nation? Absolutely. Absolutely. It was his plan, his design all along. It was going to be through this great promise that, that Abram uh, was going to, to, to father Isaac, Isaac, Jacob. Jacob, the, the 12 sons, went into Egypt. And then, man, we could follow the, the storyline throughout. And, and the promises yet to come is going to build on that. It's going to build. It's going to grow. And we're going to see that God continuously, through his promises, affects us today. This promise he has done through Abraham has, has, is a covenant, that we, covenant promise that we hold on today that comes through the blood of Jesus Christ. There we are. It's not a covenant through a, a particular family. It is a covenant through the Spirit that we're given through Jesus. That's the New Testament. Hey, listen, bottom line, we are covenant people. The covenant people of God, all established through His promise which absolutely screams his mercy and grace right so how do we live as covenant people how, how is it that we could live as covenant people i think abraham who who <laughs> at times didn't show the greatest faith and stumbled through difficulties and other things like that would continue to listen to god and continue to hold on to trusting him i think there's some things that we could absolutely learn from him so here here they are first of all I, I think the one thing that we need to do as a people is to listen to God. That, that we as covenant people, we give God our attention. That's simple. That, that's Abram's beginning. He listened to God. God spoke, laid out a covenant, and he followed him. And see, that's, that's the problem that, that sinful people have is that's not easy for us to do. I think the sinful nature within us wants us to go, not going to hear it. Not going to pay attention. 
And we see a world full of that today, don't we? You're, I believe if you're gathered here today, you are listening. You're willing to participate in giving God your attention. That's why we find even this time significant. I have the opportunity to open God's Word and to share it each Sunday. That, that, that's part of, of taking in the word, word and listening to what he has to say. It only comes from, the, you know, I mean, I could get up here and tell you stories for 30 minutes and, and maybe even some that could cause you to cry or to laugh or whatever, and it make, makes no difference. The only significance comes in, in the content that I bring to you that comes from his word. That's what you want to hear. I, I would welcome you to find another church if I stopped using God's word. Right? It's got to be the content of his word. We value what he says. And, and let me tell you what. If you are a covenant person of God, 30 minutes on Sunday morning is not going to be enough. Are you with me? Oh, I encourage you. And I've done this time and time again. I encourage you to take it up and read it. It's a big book, I know. 66 books in the one. You could take out one of those books and, and just dive into it, Right? Read, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and we've done this before. Read about Jesus. Go into the, read about Genesis, the history that's laid out. Uh, wherever you are in your walk of life, there's a place to go where there's encouragement and strengthening. And I, I just encourage you to do that. You know, I, I've said this before. Just part of my testimony is one of the things I prayed as a teenager was, God, help me be hungry and thirsty for your word, and he answered that. My prayer now is that this, we as a church, that we as a church, each one of you starts getting hungry and thirsty and, and, and can't wait till next Sunday, but has to pick it up in this day and read more of its content. You know, at, at first it's not going to be refreshing and things like that, but as you dive in and you begin to read and take your time and, and not just read, you could read and not, Boy, I was good at that. They, they identified that when I was going to school. I could read all kinds of stuff, and it's not penetrating here. But there's got to be this great connection between reading and giving it your best attention. Taking it, you know, chewing on it, and, and, and investing in knowing that this is God's Word. So the first place, covenant people, boy, we give God our attention, we listen. And, of course, the second place is growing and trusting Him. You see, I, I think that's the path that, that Abraham definitely took. It, it, it wasn't fully, I mean, he trusted enough to leave his family, but he didn't trust enough to follow him into Egypt or, or to trust him to be honest in, in, in one aspect. You know, there's some stumbling and, and things that went on around Abraham's life. And, and matter of fact, he wouldn't have had Ishmael if he had trusted God and told Sarah, Sarah, no, God, trust God. He says, we're going to have a baby and he's going to do it. And he didn't and he had, has a 13-year-old now. I'm sure loves him. Uh, God was going to bless him and take care of him and, and help him grow into a nation. But that wasn't the covenant promise that God had established. It was going to be through Sarah. So sometimes we, we get ourselves into problems when we don't trust God. Isn't that Right? And so as, as Abraham goes through life and he goes through difficulties and things like that, he's listening to God and, and God reminds him over and over the covenant promises. He's told, trust me, trust me, put your confidence in me. And, and God proved to be faithful over and over again. And, and we're living that life right now. Those of us in Christ, 
we're going through life and there's difficulties that hit. Man, I know there's heavy hearts this morning because there's some difficulties that some of you are facing. There's some of you have lost family members just recently. And, and man, as a family, when we become aware of that, we're concerned. Because you know what our message is? Hey, listen, just put your confidence in God and, and, and I, I, we want to be an encouragement to each other because that's the message we have. The day hasn't ended. God's promises haven't changed. He is consistent. And you could get through the difficulties you're facing today because God has made us a covenant promise that, that is for tomorrow and, and is going to continue through our lives and going to be an encouragement. Also, we follow. And so it's those two things. We listen we, we, we learn to put our trust in him, or we, we grow in confidence in him, and then we follow. Uh, part of the prayer that Jesus laid out for us is something that I repeat about every day. Every time I go before the Lord in prayer, I pray this. Uh, may your kingdom come, may your will be done. It, it just become part of my prayer. And, and, and I want it to become part of your prayer because that ought to be our heart's desire because he's our God He's sovereign, and he's in control. And I want to be aligned with that. Oh, God, may your purposes be fulfilled in my life. May your purposes be fulfilled in the church. Because that's what's going to be. It goes beyond my thinking. It goes beyond my will. But I want that to be lined up. You see, that's what was happening around Abram. His purposes, his, his will was being unfolded. That covenant had a purpose that went well beyond his life. Abraham lived in a land he never possessed. Do you understand that? God gave him a promise. Hey, all this is going to be yours. He, he did purchase a little bit of property in order to bury Sarah, and that's all he had. All his life. He never knew this land as his own. Never came to know this land as his own. But God fulfilled that promise, and his nation entered into the promised land, and it became theirs. And, of course, that nation grew and grew and even expanded beyond including all nations. Yay, that's you and I. And we're called to follow. Isn't it interesting that Jesus came into this world uh, to bring that covenant to all nations, to, to include us? And he said, he said very clearly, he said, hey, listen. If you're going to follow after me, deny yourselves, pick up your cross and follow. You do it. Man, life is not just about, you know, an action of circumcision or baptism, and that's it. Oh, those, those are beginnings. Those were things they were called to do. But it was about a life to be lived where we listen, we believe, or we trust in God, and we follow after him. We, and it's, it's, a, it's that process of learning. Are you with me? Are you with me about growing and learning and continuing to follow? And, and man, we're going to stumble some. Are you, yeah, with me there? And, and you're going to pick up. You're going to walk. You're going to continue. And, and part of that prayer is, God, not just about me, but use me for your kingdom's purpose to fulfill. That was Abram. He was there to fulfill a purpose to overcome the ugliness and sinfulness of the world. And that's the church today as well. Uh, last week I concluded the, the service because there's a psalm that I was reminded of. And again, I'm reminded of a song 
is blessed assurance. In there, it sings about the covenant we exist in. Oh, yeah. I forgot how it went. <laughs> blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God. Born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. I'm not going to be able to hit this, so you go ahead. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Not all of you know that song, and, and it's just something that hits my head, and, and I begin singing it when I'm alone. Can you imagine? Don't walk in on that. But anyway, I, there's, there's those songs, those things that remind me. You know, God was constantly reminding him, here's my covenant. And, and honestly, don't we have that? Constantly, we have this before us to remind us of the promises, the provisions that we have through Jesus. God has done all things well. Listen to Him. Trust Him. Follow Him. Amen? Amen. Let's, let's pray. Father in heaven, we praise You and we thank You for this day. We praise You, Lord, for Your Word that shows us not just where we are and what we ought to do, but it shows us history, Lord, how You've acted and Lord, even as Abraham was called, Lord, we too have to follow with that sense of trusting and, and faith. And Lord, that you don't keep us out of difficulties, but there's those choices that we make as we're going through difficulties to either listen to you or to, to find our own way or, Lord, to, 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 to suffer through fears. Lord, we have those opportunities to turn to you and trust you and put our confidence in you. Lord, there's promises that you hold for us for an eternity, uh, a home that is not ours yet, that you've promised through Jesus. And, and Lord, you have promised to be our strength today and the days to come, even through the difficulties. God, we praise you for the covenant promise that we have through Jesus Christ, paid for through his blood. And we ask, Lord, that you strengthen us as a people to do exactly that, to follow you and to live well on your behalf. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.